Farah. I'm Toby. This is Minority Retort. Today we're going to be talking about Spy, released in 2015. So just a spoiler alert, we assume we watched all the movies we talk about, including Spy, as we spoil all the major plot details. So if you haven't watched this film and would like to come back to us later. Before we start, I think we have some mail. Yeah, we do have our is first right? listener email. Um, this is about Obvious Child, the movie that we discussed just this past week. So the email goes, Hi Farah and Topi, love your podcast and wanted to write in to join the discussion. I was just listening to the episode where you talk about Obvious Child and how it's a subversive rom-com due to the fact that the main character in Obvious Child can be considered a female, quote-unquote, man-child. You said that by having this female man-child character, the film subverts the idea that women are not allowed to be carefree and immature in the same way as men are. I wanted to say that I don't think the film is just a simple gender reversal when it comes to this, and its subversive potential is actually much greater. Consider the fact that the main character in Obvious Child deals with the greater consequences, not to mention social stigma, than any character in a Judd Apatow movie. Even in Knocked Up, the main character has little responsibility to deal with when it comes to the pregnancy. I think Obvious Child shows, intentionally or not, that women systematically have a more difficult time remaining in the problem-free man-child stage. One could even say that it is a look at another outcome of the Knocked Up scenario and how it can be experienced from the Knocked Up woman's point of view. Wow, okay. I think that's a really good point because as I was re-listening to the podcast the other day, actually, I was I was wondering whether we were too harsh on Jenny Slate's character. What did we, do, what did we say? I, I don't remember did we really go to town on her no I think I mean I think this is saying that you know when women take on that lifestyle for whatever reason there are consequences for us she does have a lot more to deal with than all these males who probably do have a lot more entitlement to be honest I I agree with 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 the email I probably has a bit more depth to what we were saying on that episode okay so going back to Spy Spy is a I guess you could call it a James a James Bond parody yeah, it's, it's a role it's a role reversal. <laughs> yeah, it's a role reversal, and it's also kind of one right, right. In, a, in a very long string of parodies um, of the Bond franchise. So this is yeah, by yeah. no by no means the first, um, yeah. but this one's kind of different because it stars a woman. It stars Melissa McCarthy, and she plays Susan Cooper, who has spent her entire career behind a desk at the CIA, and she's always been helping Jude Law. Um, who plays this guy called Bradley Fine, who's a CIA agent. Um, And she's always kind of telling him what to do, sitting behind a desk and being the brains of the operation. But he gets to do all the action and he gets all the kind of credit for it, where she is kind of sitting in this (laughs) rat-infested, bat-infested, horrible (laughs) office. And then what happens is Bradley Fine is killed and the security of most of the CIA CIA operatives um, are compromised. So they need to get a quote-unquote nobody like Susan Cooper to be sent out into the field in a kind of flimsy plot line to prevent the sale of a nuclear bomb or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's, That sounds pretty accurate. That's actually probably what happens in the movie. Probably <laughs> what happens in the movie. I mean, like I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, the plot is pretty non-existent and is is pretty un- inconsequential to yeah. the main idea of the movie, which is the seamless McCarthy be completely badass in every yeah. possible way. So did you like this movie? My reaction to this movie is really complicated. It was almost like I just, I wanted so much to like it. And there were so many things that I did really like about it. But I ended up leaving the theater kind of annoyed. Um, right. And I Why? think one of the things, well, one of the things I want to talk about is is how this movie worked and what was good and what was bad. Because I'm not really sure. I need to unpack why that was sort of my main mix of emotions what about you it was all right i mean i I guess that's the way i can say it It was okay it was irritating in in the same ways that i find a lot of um, studio films to be irritating especially towards the latter half when things get a bit more frantic so one of the things i wanted to talk about is what is it trying to say 
about women. Because I was listening to this Slate podcast, Slate Spoiler Specials, which yeah, Just Like right. Us is meant to be listened to after you, you watch a movie. On the Slate Spoiler Special, one of the ideas they were tossing around is that this movie is about dismantling the patriarch and right. that the character of Melissa McCarthy is, is kind of doing that head on. And I think there's a lot of really cool evidence towards that. One of the great plot details I thought was the idea that Jude Law's character, Bradley Fine, he knew mm. that Susan Cooper was just as good of an agent as he was, but he deliberately kind of seduced her and used his charm to get her to be the girl behind him so he could right. get all the accolades. And I think that's right. a really good encapsulation of what happens to women um, who yeah. are just as capable, but they are sort of told that they shouldn't stand out and they shouldn't um, take the spotlight. And so they take a backseat role. This movie is very much a sort of subversion of that. Right. And, you, and you literally see that on screen. Well, true that. But I also think that in, in addition to that, it's, it's trying to look at the reasons why some people take a backseat because she she's just as good as Bradley, maybe probably better. She's smarter, definitely. Um, but she takes a backseat. And why is that? Is it because she, what, she doesn't look like a spy? She doesn't look good enough? Because there's a character called, um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the character's name? The, she, other, the, the hot woman, woman yeah. spy, basically. Karen, Karen Walker, she's the one woman. Oh, and right. she's the opposite of Melissa McCarthy in terms of physicality. And the question is, is that the kind of woman who would be allowed to, to take on this role because she looks a certain way? I think that the movie really shies away from any sort of <laughs> from any sort of comment on fat politics. I, yeah, I, yeah, I actually yeah. really like that. I like the idea that unlike a lot of the movies that Melissa McCarthy has been in, her body size isn't really yeah. like an quote-unquote issue. But I think yeah. one of the things that it is saying is that it's not, it's not being as simplistic as to say that, oh, you know, us kind of non-conventionally attractive women are the real brains behind everything and you know those really beautiful women are so dumb i think it's trying to say that hey look at what this system is respecting and encouraging and that also connects to all all the ridiculous disguises that susan cooper has to put on so (laughs) when she first like goes like she keeps she has to be like this midwestern lady who really loves cats for example and who has hemorrhoid (laughs) problems even though susan cooper might not love that i think the movie is also saying that hey isn't this actually kind of a great disguise you you can get someone who is normally not noticed, right? Yeah. Like you get someone who people do pass by, and if that person can kick ass, then why aren't you putting them in the field? Like, actually, that's that's interesting because one of the things I, I was thinking about in this movie was I don't know if the film was doing it intentionally, but it seems to be taking aim at the way espionage is portrayed in pop culture. The film is kind of interesting in that it almost takes aim at that idea that you need to be to stand out to be a spy. I don't know if that's necessarily true in real life. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I do think that it was trying to say that, like, it was trying to say that why can't certain people be spies? Um, and that the CIA is just as silly and problematic in its hiring processes as anybody else. Right, and right, right, and right. also on a broader scale, kind of like, look who you're putting in charge of national security, right? Like these people who are just bumbling idiots, yeah. which I, I don't know if they was trying to say that. Um, <laughs> it was really trying to say that politically, but I thought it was a pretty funny Poss- little aside. But I mean, I wonder whether it was really explicitly trying to... Um, subvert the stereotype about spies because the movie is actually really action heavy and that was one of the surprising things about it I felt like on one hand it was this really smart critique and I agree with the Slate podcast and that yeah she was trying to take down the patriarchy but the character of Susan Cooper she has the same kind of attitude (laughs) 
as the kind of I mean it's yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah. because it's coming from a person's mouth from whom you don't expect this attitude and these skills to come from but once you yeah. get over that you're kind of like oh well I am kind of just watching a normal spy movie and maybe not even like a hugely intelligent one but it's just kind of funny because what Melissa McCarthy is, is saying these lines yeah. and I think that's almost reinforced by the fact that she ends up with the Jason Statham character at the end <laughs> you know it was almost like we are now sleeping with the enemy us as an audience we are now completely complicit in this really silly spy movie but the thing is as we're talking about Selma before about how you gotta if you want to in some way try to alter the way people see something sometimes it's it's useful to utilize the the framework around which that thing is usually seen in popular culture i guess if they really wanted to say something about sexuality and gender politics maybe the best way is to lure, is to sort of lure people in with the dressing of a typical you know action-packed spy thriller and and in that case you can't lose some things there's some things you just can't throw away you have to have the action you've got to have the frantic sort of chases you've got to have the problematic sexuality of some of those spy movies i was almost with you until yeah. you okay so That's i totally cool. agree i mean why can't a, a lady kick ass as much as a fella can like i totally yeah. agree with that however i did not love that character of the the gropy italian character yeah. um, and it was really funny because i read as i was preparing for this podcast i read a lot of reviews on him and they're all like mm. oh man was he hilarious like he was so funny and not to reference not to like give free advertising <laughs> to the slate spoiler special podcast i don't think they need our advertising <laughs> um, in that podcast know, as well they were kind mean. of yeah. like oh yeah i didn't mind him because she kind of dismissed him and kept rolling her eyes whenever he did it and thus we are they are not that film is not really advocating for that behavior but i was kind of like look if a guy is literally going to ejaculate on her neck can we not just have an eye roll can we can we have a more appropriate i mean this is a kick like this is a woman who who kicks ass and who doesn't yeah. really need that guy's help does she so if what, someone, was, what was his purpose again <laughs> i'm trying he, to figure out what, he, what did he, he do he untied her or something maybe yeah like he just transported <laughs> her somewhere or helped untie her i was like couldn't you not have just like waited for him to help untie you and then just like kicked him really hard in the balls that's the thing is i had a problem with this character in the same way i had a problem with jason statham's character which i think that you know, if you're going to try and take down the patriarchy, right, you need to write the characters in a way that makes the taking down of the patriarchy not inevitable because of the stupidity of the patriarchy. I know it's, it's sort of like a mixture where you try to make fun or try to, to lessen the patriarchy by making fun of it. But in, that, in doing that, you may make the takedown of that patriarchy less of an achievement. In that sense, I don't really necessarily think this movie needs to be this perfect feminist treatise disguised as a, a spy movie. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really just supposed to be funny. And if it happens to take on a lot of these kind of core issues then that's yeah. great but I, I will say that yes like I don't know whether the kind of praises that are being lauded whether it really does what it intends to do and I think what you've said is completely correct do you have anything to say about the way her character interacts with Elson Jenny's character uh, Elaine Crockett I don't know who she is but she sounds like the head of the CIA one of the yeah. one of the one of the head honchos there and also with Rose Byrne's character what what is the react what is the relationship between those characters I mean well honestly I think that I think that the movie was really written with Melissa McCarthy in mind. I don't know right. if many actresses yeah. that I can think of on yeah, the top of my head sure. could play her role in the same way. I'm, I mean, the character doesn't actually make a lot of sense, right? So she's behind the desk. <laughs> 
And then suddenly she's sort of unleashed. And we get a sense that, oh, before she was she was kind of stuck behind a desk, she was like really badass. And then something, some sort of crisis of character happened in which she became just the frumpiest person alive, right? I think the movie could have been cooler if it had sort of said, hey, this person is kind of really frumpy or whatever, but she is still kicking ass and she didn't kind of have this complete character flip where she started to be super sarcastic and whatever. But in in another sense, with Alice and Jenny and Rose Byrne, I think that I feel like the movie was also a vehicle for women to just be really funny together. The film was just about allowing actors to be funny together. And then it so happens that these actors are women. And it so happens right. that these actors have amazing chemistry and are yeah. like hilarious. And That's I think that in itself is pretty damn progressive. Like it doesn't have to necessarily take down the patriarchy. I don't think any Hollywood movie is going to do that. I mean, if you yeah. if you kind of zoom out of the actual movie itself, it's not really criticizing the Bond franchise, for example, for being this really weird pro-American kind of demonization of other cultures or whatever. I mean, all of that stuff is firmly, firmly in place. So I don't think it's trying to revolutionize anything. Pro-American? It's depicting the CIA as sort of bumbling Oh, I thought, I thought you meant the Bond movies. Okay, you mean this movie? <laughs> this movie, yeah, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, or whatever, pro-Western like Western power. Yeah. It's, not, it's not trying to criticize anything like that. But if you want women to just be really funny together, I think it succeeded. You know, Paul Feig has been sort of hailed as some kind of some kind of you know feminist trooper in in Hollywood is trying to you know and, and the thing is it's kind of like Mad Max where he's a guy directing the movies these movies that feature you know strong quote unquote I hate that term but strong female characters right we understand that at some that there's a limit to what he can say and a limit to how he can understand women but I think compared to something like Bridesmaids what's even more powerful is rather than having a cast full of women with women hanging out talking to each other in a way that is not commonly seen in Hollywood movies. It's more interesting to have a mixed cast where even despite the fact that there are men around, women still talk to each other as though the men don't really factor too much. I mean, I think there's space for both because I do think that there are women spaces um, like, for example, a lot of a lot of my friends just happen to be women. And so it's nice to see films that somewhat mirror the kind of conversations we have together. But you're so right in that, like, it's really not also nice to see a film with men in which men don't dominate. And I think Paul Feig, as much as I kind of disagree with the idea that the ultimate feminist director is a man, I mean, I think there are tons of women who have sort of paved the way for him to just, be able to do this. Yeah. Did people say that he's the ultimate? F- no, no, just from what you've said. I mean, oh, okay, okay, I mean okay. like, definitely props to a man who allows women to take the front seat sometimes but again yeah, yeah. why aren't we expecting that of all men i mean this is not something to be like lauded for necessarily if we could go back in history and look at some of the films that feature interesting complicated female characters that are the key roles in their movies even though there are lots of men around we will find that what Paul Feig is doing is not that interesting. It really isn't. But it's just, you know, in, in the public eye. And I know. And, I, and that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about is that this yeah. film is, is really refreshing. But it's really only refreshing if you look at Hollywood as sort of some sort of standard bearer for the state of women in film. Which mm. I think is important, right? Because Hollywood yeah. does have a lot of sort of power sure, because it has sure. a lot of money behind it. But at the same time, I agree that this movie is very much critiquing a trend in depicting women that is only there for a certain subsect of all the people in the world who make films. Yeah. So the idea that, oh, wow, like women are allowed to be funny, women are allowed to run a movie. I mean, 
women have been the focal points of many movies and what we're actually celebrating and rightly so I mean why not but what we're actually celebrating is women being allowed to be funny in a way that men in this particular like small subsection of culture have been funny before and bringing something new to it right I mean what Melissa McCarthy does is really for what it is really refreshing and I do think she expands the parody spy genre Farah do you know do you know much about Melissa McCarthy and her movies have you seen most of them my relationship to Melissa McCarthy is seeing her in Gilmore Girls in the 90s and 2000s, um, seeing her in Bridesmaids, and then seeing her and kind of like stalking her and her relationship with her husband for a little bit one time on the internet, and then seeing this movie. Yeah, was she Suki? Yeah, she was Suki. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, is great. What's really funny but, is when people talk about, um, oh my gosh, you know, like this is an unconventionally, quote unquote, unconventionally attractive woman um, in this role. What I find really funny is that in the her character on Gilmore Girls, I mean, it's not even a thing that she doesn't happen to be like skinny and pretty or whatever, or whatever we expect women to be on TV. Like she is just literally just treated like a human being. When people say that, oh, this is like the first time that an unconventionally attractive woman has played this role. I mean, that's just another example of how no not really right like this is this has happened before with melissa mccarthy yes and and maybe no because this is still the role that your conventionally good-looking person does play and and she is now stepping into that role and and it doesn't make a difference it 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 actually makes you realize how how unimportant looks are in this kind of role it's really more about presence and melissa mccarthy i mean she's great in this movie if if i was middling about the film i wouldn't be i wouldn't say i'm middling about her performance i I was that was the best part of the movie for me really i didn't find most people in the movie very interesting was anyone else who really took your fancy in this movie well when i think about what i found annoying about the movie i think it was (laughs) i I don't think it was the characters actually um, except for the gropey italian guy which i just think was completely unnecessary and just not that funny to be honest i loved a lot of the interactions between the characters themselves and i think where i I got bored was with the chase scenes and just kind of the superfluous action in terms of the characters I mean, a lot of film reviewers have said that she was the only good one, but I actually enjoyed all of them. I really liked Jason Statham's character. I thought he was hilarious. All right. Um, Really? Did you like when he was listing? I mean, it was funny when he was listing all his crazy exploits, but after a while, I just became old. Yeah, um, and I think that's just a problem with the movie. It really dragged on uh, half an hour too long. And I wish that had been tighter because I was so refreshed and kind of energized in the first hour or so. And And then after that, I was just a little bit like, okay, I get it. Now we're just following through with this plot that is so unoriginal and so completely uninteresting that I have no, I am completely uninvested in the resolution. (laughs) Tell me something. Okay, so this is minority retort. What did you think about... 50 cents. To be honest, I, I thought I thought he was just really cute. He, he was like this guy, and, and I could literally see them holding up the script cards, and he was like, here are my lines, and <laughs> I'm delivering them in a kind of funny way, and that was it. Like, that was his complete presence in the movie. We had to mention the one minority. Well, not the one minority. There's Bobby Cannavale, who I don't know what he, I don't know what to say about him. He was okay. <laughs> I mean, we can say that this was an overwhelmingly kind of white movie, but there's not there's just so little to say about that. Actually, this is a really good time. So we d- we reviewed Mad Max yeah. a while ago. And yeah. there's this one blog post circling around about how there was a lack of representation of people of color in the movie and why can't people of color populate dystopian um dystopian landscape? Because we've all been killed off. What the hell? Are they talking yeah. about what they Well, yeah. And so um 
one of the threads was like, oh, don't you know that uh, Australia is my majority white and that's why like there are no people of color? And I responded being like, actually, like non-white people are the fastest growing majority in Australia. So by the time Mad Max happened, yeah. maybe people of color would have already taken over the world. And then the response was, well, actually, Mad Max was about if the world ended today and what happened today. But then I was kind of like, wait, why am I even arguing this? Like my whole point. <laughs> Is yeah. that, yes, this is what happens when white, frustrated, neo-Nazi men get exactly what they want. This is the kind of society that you get. So I'm not going to argue with you at all. And I kind of feel like the same with these movies. Like, I don't really want to make these movies more diverse or whatever, because why do we have to live up to this kind of product? Like, the James Bond movies are at their heart, weirdly xenophobic and political. And and why do I want to play a part in that, even if it is satire? If the premise of these pro-American, pro-British foreign policy movies or whatever, if it's not being questioned. Like, yeah. I feel like there are actually a lot of good films out there or a lot of good texts out there that do take on that premise and, and make it funny. I'm kind of glad that they didn't randomly make one of the spies I like know, I, a dude I with a turban. I, that's, I was going to say, it was. I don't know if spy was even thinking about race. Also that this film really has nothing intelligent to say about anything but maybe a vaguely feminist <laughs> message. It has nothing that, intelligent to say about race or class or the role of US relations abroad and, and what yeah. it's doing there. I mean, I, it is what it is. So overall, it's sort of, it, it sounds as though this film didn't do very much for you. I, I was laughing at some points, for sure. I almost liked Melissa McCarthy's character in Bridesmaids. I guess I just cared more about the plot and the outcome of Bridesmaids. Right. So even okay, though she wasn't leading it, I it was a yeah. movie that I was like, I was genuinely invested in the characters and I wanted them to work out. But I think... Um, halfway through this this movie I was like I don't actually I don't even know what's happening I don't even know why the characters are making the decisions <laughs> they're doing I just know that Melissa McCarthy is funny um, yeah. and one day one day there will be a movie where she leads and also she is in a movie with an amazing plot. And I hope she doesn't find or feel that she's typecast, you know, that she's cast as this comedian who can only do broad comedic roles. I don't mind the broad comedy. I mean, I, I don't mind that there's fart jokes and vomit jokes. I mean, it's not it's not my bread and butter. I think it's much more that I don't really care if they did it. Like, I don't know what they were trying to do in the end, like, like get the bomb or that something. Just, uh, that was silly. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I don't mind if she plays that character, but maybe have her be a mom trying to, I don't know, like rescue her kid that was kidnapped or have her be somebody who's trying to find love like, or you like know taken yeah i mean something where i'm just a little bit more invested in what's right. going to happen i i have to say that i mean i would watch this movie if you're bored on a saturday night or whatever that's a wrap for minority retort this wasn't part of our usual roster of films this is just a new release that we both wanted to talk about uh next week we'll be discussing the green ray which is topi's pick yeah so the green ray is it's it's a film released in 1987 um, and it's about a, a young woman from from Paris who uh, who's about to embark on her summer holidays, and she's sort of in a place where she hasn't got anyone to go on holiday with. Uh, she's and she sort of finds herself in this lonely situation, and the movie is really just about her trying to get out of it or struggling to get out of it. And um, it's 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 a very simple character-driven movie. It's very beautiful, and I watched it once, fell in love with it, and wanted to watch it again, and fell in love with it again. So we'll see what you thought about it, Farah. 
Just remember that you can find us online at minorityretortpodcast.com. You can also email us at minorityretortpodcast at gmail.com and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and on the iTunes store. And we would love listener feedback. So definitely if you're thinking that we're wrong or that we're totally right or totally awesome, whatever, you can email us. Yeah, we look forward to it. We'll, we'll definitely look at it, whatever you say. We'll definitely read it, for sure. We'll definitely, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You, you, you can read it. I'll like just, if I'm on the bus. And I I'll, let, I'll let you do it all like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. Thanks, Toby. You just, right. just like Susan Cooper me. I trust to the you. Behind exactly. The yeah, I, I guess that's all. We'll talk to you. Um, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.